0: You are listening to The Non-Microwave Truth, and I am C.L. Whiteside. Let's get into our first world problem right away today. Have you ever seen something that depicted someone battling with making a decision, and they have an angel on one side, and then they have a demon or a devil on the other side? A lot of times it's like in the shoulder place. And you got the, the, the angel saying, do the right thing. You know it is right. Then you have the devil saying, ah, go ahead, do it. You know you want to have fun this way. Like, where did that idea come from? And, like, how much truth is it to that? How much truth is it to that? How much truth is it to, like, demons can actually talk to us and say, hey, Jason, Pedro, Olivia, Marquise, Savannah, do that. You know you want to. Like, do we really have an angel on one shoulder when we make a decision and the devil or a demon on the other shoulder saying, pick whatever that happens to be a sin? Like, is it really like that? Is it like that at all? Like when you see evil in the world, could someone be like, the devil made me do it. And when someone does good, is it like I listened to the angel, the angel in my head that was telling me, do this. And I think it's poorly depicted like that. Like, I I don't really think it's exactly like that where a demon has access to whisper to us. And then on the other side, we have an angel that is whispering to us saying the exact opposite. And I had to hit up one of my pastor friends about this, too. And he gave a great explanation saying he would highly guess that it is presented like this because of Hollywood. Like, it's not biblical. But Hollywood portrays that devil on one side, that demon on one side of the shoulder, and then that angel on the other side. But that's not to say that we don't have internal battles, though, because we do have a an old Adam, which is like our sinful flesh and our sinful nature. And we also, when we are Christians, have that, that spirit working on us, too, that does want us to do right. And it's kind of like, which one are we going to give into at times? But what do you think? Where do you think this idea came from of A demon on one shoulder telling you to do the wrong thing and on the other shoulder you have an angel or you have a good spirit like where do you think this came from and how much do you think it is true how much do you think it is true i would love to hear from you on instagram or twitter and definitely definitely with something like this i would love to hear your biblical proof or your biblical reason for why you think the way that you think remember you can hit me up on instagram or twitter Please hit me up on this one. I would love to hear from y'all. Life 23 is my handle. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The, the, the title of this episode today is Bad Spirits. This episode is going to explore how to contain and limit the power of bad spirits. Of demons of the devil now you cannot deny you cannot deny that there is evil in this world like if you watch the news you can't help but notice like dog this is crazy out here it is some people that are flat-out evil but I don't think enough is contributed to demons or bad spirits and we especially don't contribute bad spirits that may be surrounding us or in some cases even in us Now, in our first world problem, I talked about that, like having a good spirit on one shoulder and a bad spirit on another. And I don't think it it works a lot like that. But if you look at like the book of Job or or Job's relationship with God and just seeing how the devil talked to God like, hey, let me get at your boy, Job, man. The only reason Job really rocks with you is because you give him everything. He has a great life. He he tells God like a man will give all he has for his own life, but but let's let's touch his flesh and his bones and he watch he gonna cuss you out he gonna curse you, he's going to curse you. That's what all these humans do. And with that interaction, we see that the devil is having a conversation with God, but he's not actually interacting with a person and having that one angel on one shoulder, one spirit on the bad spirit on another shoulder. And although bad spirit interactions aren't like a demon having a flat out conversation with us and trying to persuade us while sitting on our shoulder. There are definitely bad spirits out there, not only in biblical times, but in today's world and in our future. And it's this book, it's this book called the screw tape letters It is written by C S Lewis, super, just super smart dude with a very, Unique and intriguing mind. And this book consists of a bunch of letters that a veteran demon named Screwtape was sending his nephew named Woodworm. And the book is just so intriguing because the relationship between Woodworm and Screwtape is that Screwtape is the uncle and Woodworm is the nephew. And in this and in these letters, what he's trying to get Woodworm to understand is how do you make people fall prey to hell. How do you make people reject God? He always refers to God as the enemy in these letters. And one of the letters really, really stuck out to me. The veteran demon who was screw tape, the uncle, he encourages his nephew, like, hey, keep your identity on the hush. Like, don't tell everybody about that. Stay invisible if you can. And he says to him in the letter, he's like, man, hey, we might not get the credit for our direct terrorism, but If they believed in demons, he's talking about us people, if they believed in demons or spirits, we could not make them materialists and skeptics. And he goes on to say in the letter, like, I hope that one day we could learn how to emotionalize and mythologize their science to such an extent that what it is, in effect, a belief in us, like us being the bad spirits. But they won't say, I believe in demons or bad spirits. They'll say, they believe in science or some other force. If he does start thinking about demons or devils, just paint the picture in his head of something in red tights like a comic book figure and persuade him that since he cannot believe in that, he therefore can't believe in bad spirits. And that's like genius. That is absolutely genius for how Satan is, is operating. And that book, The tape Letters, It's definitely a fascinating read because the entire book is talking about how a bad spirit, a demon, wants to coach another bad spirit to being even worse and tricking more people, tricking us even more. Now, on this episode of Bad Spirits, we feel like as Christians, or you know what, some of us wouldn't even have to go as far to call ourselves Christians. We would just call ourselves good people or that person is a really good person. And when we get that mentality, we act like that person or us for that matter, we can't be attacked or susceptible to bad spirits. But there are a couple of ways that we welcome demons or bad spirits that we truly need to avoid. And one of those ways is when we chase money or we chase earthly wealth. When you are disobedient to God, you can end up welcoming spirits. And the second way is when we start seeking answers from forces that are not god and let's get into the word let's let's start with saul king saul king saul went from it saying he had the spirit of the lord to in first samuel chapter 16 verse 14 it's saying now the spirit of the lord had departed from saul and an evil spirit from the lord tormented him like how did he go from having the spirit of god so all of a sudden having a bad spirit in him and that came down to Saul was guilty of chasing more money more wealth and being disobedient and some of you may be wondering like well what did Saul do that was wrong. Saul was a very prideful impatient dude like he was supposed to allow the prophet to make an offering he rushed it and didn't trust God and said you know what I'm going to make the offering. God told him to get rid of a certain people kill everything, keep no prisoners. Saul was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep the best stuff. I'm going to keep the and calves. I'm going to keep all the good stuff. And you know what? I'm going to let this king stay alive. And it's like, God didn't tell you to do that. So his disobedience, his arrogance, his pride, his inability to trust God, all those things welcomed another spirit. And it wasn't the spirit of God. It was one of those bad spirits. And Saul very rarely took accountability. He'd be like, I did what you said. I did everything like you said. It's like, bro, no, you didn't. You did half of what I said and half obedience is disobedience. And first Samuel 16 tells us like this spirit tormented Saul. It tormented him. It put him in a state where it was, it was obvious to see it was visible. His attendants could see like, man, something ain't right with King Saul. We, we got to help him out. And they end up finding someone to play a liar for him to to soothe his his pain and the torment. And they end up finding David, who ended up being King David. But they they had to do something to try to make him feel better. Not something they did to ease and to give relief from that that evil that bad spirit. And Judas is another case of this. That another case of chasing more wealth, chasing more earthly possessions, and allowing or welcoming a demon in doing that. In Luke 22, it says that Satan entered Judas. And it's like, well, how did this happen? It happened because Judas was always looking to get more money. We know that Judas happened to be a thief. And since he was the treasurer, he always had access to the money. So he was like, you know what? I can get a little bit of here. I can get a little bit of here. Take a little bit. You know what? Ain't no big deal. And in Luke 22, it tells us that The festival of the unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Because he was greedy, because he was chasing the cash, because he was chasing earthly possessions, he got rid of Jesus and unknowingly made room for a bad spirit to enter him. The baddest spirit of them all, the devil, Satan. And I know some people are like, I would never do that. I would always be smarter than that. But I just look at it like, what are you willing to do to get money? Are you willing to push God to the back burner and say, you know what? I got to get paid. I just think about certain professions and a big one is like the music industry. I know people talk about Illuminati and all that different type of stuff. But when you look at music, what message are you promoting in your music? If you're talking about popping perks, cheating on your woman down by the river, that's my country reference. If you're talking about anything like that, aren't you pushing God to the back burner? And doing almost anything to make it, to get a check, to get that paper, to get the money. Like, that's just something for you to think about. But there are a number of jobs. I don't want to necessarily say opportunities, but there are a number of different traps that get us to thinking that, you know what? It's okay to sin. It's okay to be disobedient to God. It's okay to chase earthly possessions, even if I'm putting God on the back burner. But at the same time, you are making a vacant spot. You are creating room for a bad spirit to enter you. You're welcome in it. And the second point that I want to get at that welcome spirits is when we are like seeking answers from forces other than God. That can be through crazy stuff like Ouija boards, tarot cards, um, even horoscopes, fortune tellers. And I know, especially with the the horoscopes, people don't intentionally say, I'm looking for a spiritual answer and an answer to everything. And I want to sin against God. Like, no, it's not like that. Like, it sneaks up on us. And just because you're not deliberately doing something doesn't make it right or doesn't mean that you're not inviting a bad spirit into your life. And we got to go back to King Saul because King Saul he ended up seeking a medium. And some of you are like, what in the world is a medium? Medium is kind of like a magician, black magic, sorcery type of thing. A person who's trying to convey and pick up spiritual messages. Sometimes they're picking up messages from the dead. Sometimes it's like a means of deception. Bottom line is some stuff you shouldn't play with. But Saul's whole purpose was doing this because he didn't feel like God was answering him and God God had left him because he was disobedient. So Saul was like, I got to take matters into my own hands. So Saul went to a medium. It seems like Saul was afraid. Saul felt like he was about to lose the war. So Saul was like, I need some answers and God is not answering me. And you know what? My right hand man, Samuel, he's no longer here. So he came up with the bright idea of, you know, what? I'm going to try to get Samuel to answer me from the dead. And I will use this medium to help me Talk to Samuel from the dead. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Now, Saul ended up talking to someone. I don't know if it was a demon. I don't know if God allowed Saul to actually talk to him. But the Spirit said to Saul, Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. AKA dead. And what's even more interesting is Saul had to break his own law that he created to not mess with this type of black magic, not mess with a medium. And you talk about a tale of two different completely stories of the same man. When Saul had the spirit of God, he was courageous, but we see now he's afraid and terror filled his heart when he had no spirit of God. Like God didn't respond. Like, what does this mean? And I think I just got to point this out that God was silent to a man who wasn't in his will. Disobedience muffles the communication with God. And I almost forgot about this, but when Saul went to go talk to the medium, she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing that type of stuff because it was outlaw. And it was interesting because he assured her safety in the name of God when he wasn't doing anything God's way. And it's funny when people say, "I swear to God" on things that God Actually, frowns upon. I just thought that was funny or ironic, I should say. So, the two ways that we see that people welcome demons, welcome bad spirits, is by being disobedient and seeking answers from a force that is not God. Now, I want to kind of transition a little bit in this episode of Bad Spirits and just look at there are some interesting things about bad spirits or demons that are actually mentioned in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5, it's mentioned of two demons that seem to be just stupid strong, like crazy, crazy strength. So strong that they can't even be chained or held down by like the average man. And they are super violent, violent to the point that no one could pass them. And they can do some unnormal, amazing things, it appears. And Jesus ends up getting rid of these demons and telling them to to lead a the body but something i just thought was unique was that the demons wanted to be in the pigs at the very least like demons and bad spirits desire to be in something or someone think about that like demons want to be in someone that's scary or what you could take from this is that the demons wanted to be in the pigs because you know what bad spirits love to do you know what demons love to do they love to cause more destruction and what these demons ended up doing is they got into pigs and then they rushed down a bank and went into a lake and drowned. And I feel like how the people of this city or this town responded to the demons being driven out of these men is just like we would in our culture for the most part. That were kind of cool, it seems like, that with the demons being driven out. But when the demons went into the pigs and then the pigs drowned, and it's like, the pigs is how I eat. The pigs was their wealth. They were like, you know what? you messing with money. I don't care about this demons. I don't care about anything. Jesus, you need to go. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Some people don't want to get rid of their demons because it will cost them great wealth on this earth. Some people don't want others to get better. Because right up front and initially, it might be destructive. It might change their way of living. It might mess with their money, might mess with their pockets. And when you mess with people's pockets, they might be thinking or say something crazy like, you know what, man, them demons weren't so bad anyways. Those brothers was crazy, but it wasn't that bad. And another interesting thing that I want to point out about the bad spirits or demons mentioned in the Bible is that the bad spirits could actually tell the truth. They could even say Jesus was the Messiah, but acknowledging Jesus. And following Jesus, that's that's two different things. Way, way, way different. Two big differences. Because when you're following him, you're okay with him dictating your path. You are okay with doing things his way. You are trying to conform your actions to be like him. You want him to give you a mission. You want him to give you purpose. And another interesting thing that I want to point out about bad spirits or demons that are mentioned in the Bible is that, Bad spirits can have different and unique characteristics. Like we see in one case, it allowed a person to be super strong. In another case, it allows a person to be or forces a person to be blind or mute. Or it could be one spirit in a person. In some cases, it could be multiple spirits in a person. Like Mark 9, Mark chapter 9 talks about a demon-possessed boy. Acts 16, verse 16, that talks about like a, a fortune-telling girl that was demon-possessed. Oh yeah, the blind and mute, that's in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. But I just want to look at how Jesus explains another way that bad spirits enter people. And we're going to use this to to wrap everything up today. Luke 11, verse 24. It was It was very... Like revealing and fascinating when I read this. It says when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. So let's just stop right there. Like Like what happens when an impure spirit comes out of a person? And I just started thinking like some people have and will be delivered from demons. And I think that could come from like medication today or it could come in the form of a miracle, like someone removing it. But what's fascinating is just because the demon left doesn't mean it can't come back. Continuing on with Luke, the demon says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Now, reading that verse, I pictured since I'm a landlord, like a house with no furniture in it. But it's having people come check it out to live there, except these aren't people. These are different types of bad spirits, different types of demons. Too many people don't want to have Jesus live there and reside, though. But like, I don't believe in Jesus, but I'm not going to knock you for your belief. How many of you have heard that? If you're a good person, and you treat others okay, then that's all that matters. This is the culture of, I don't want to pick a side. I'm a free agent. You know what? I think all religions have really good points. These type of people definitely don't have a sign that says for rent to bad spirits, but they also don't have a sign saying, welcome Jesus and only Jesus. Continuing with the verse, this is verse 26. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's a warning we definitely have to take heed to. Oh, that's, that's like, think about that. It's going to be worse. Some commentary that I read said this. It said, Jesus revealed the danger of delivering a person from demonic possession without filling their life with Jesus. They can end up worse than before. And I want to get to wrapping this episode of Bad Spirits Up. I know there are some people who are battling with some demons and battling with some bad spirits. But it will never be enough to just get rid of that. You have to get and fill that vacancy with Jesus. And there is no, I'm just gonna leave my heart and soul vacant. I'm not all sold on this Jesus stuff. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let it be. Like you, you can't, because there will be spirits stopping to stay there, whether you like it, whether you invited them or not. And Mary Magdalene, it says in Luke eight verse two that seven demons came out of her. Seven. And what did she do? She followed Jesus and she supported his mission by her own means. She was willing to give Jesus everything, but we don't want to give everything to Jesus. But what we have to learn from her is this is the way to do it. It's to follow Jesus. It's to be willing to take the path that he wants you to take. It's to be willing to give him everything. It's to be willing to allow him to live and reside in our hearts. And this is the non-microwave truth. This episode of Bad Spirits was to explore how to contain and limit the power of bad spirits because we know that there's evil in this world. But a lot of times we don't think that evil has anything to do with us actually. Now, next week, we're gonna look at the power of good spirits, the power of the spirit of God. And if you liked this episode, thought it was unique or different, please leave a review, hit the 5 star, or share it with a friend. And tune in next week. Peace, punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.